You're listening to a 58 Ember production. everyone welcome back to the completely fucking clueless podcast my name is sarah alice liddy and my name is audrey jean flowers and we both use she her pronouns that is very true and guys we're back in studio today because we have a very special guest welcome jackie thank you guys thank you for having me yeah I'm excited to be here this is a beautiful studio it's a beautiful day in new york i'm excited to be here literally gorgeous day in new york like it felt like fallout today like only 70 degrees I wasn't sweating I actually ate my dinner outside love that yeah it was gorgeous well when I got here on Thursday or Friday it was like 60 yeah which was so nice Miami is not like that at Mm. all right now is it hot hot yeah so hot humid but I'm so happy to be here yay yay we're so excited and we just want to give you guys a slight trigger warning because today we're going to talk about different topics that have to do with eating disorders and weight so if this is not for you that is totally okay protect your peace and we'll give you a second to just click off bye still love you still love you this is for mommy. <laughs> anyways so let's get into it so what were you like in your early 20s like tell us who you were who was Jackie back then and like especially what was your relationship with your body and yourself okay so early 20s I would say that was the beginning of college yeah 19 going to 20 right yeah so college gained 30 pounds was really hard yeah really really hard I remember not being able to fit into my clothing it was uncomfortable I was really unhappy and I remember coming home And it was very clear that, you know, my family noticed I gained weight. Everyone was noticing I gained weight. So I felt super self-conscious. I would say it stayed like that for years. So I kind of stayed the same weight for a couple of years. And I was just so uncomfortable in my body where I would hide my body. It was never – I didn't know how to dress my body at all. I I would almost hide it under black baggy clothing. And – when I think back to that Jackie, she was just so sad and she kind of thought that her body was her entire personality, that she was her body, which is so far from the truth. So it was a hard time. Very, very hard. But I'm here now. I'm 29, nine years later, and I would say I'm completely different. Yeah, that's great to hear. I mean, I think for Audrey and I, we had like a similar experience in college because being in the theater department, I think there is so much like attention on your body. And I actually had the opposite experience to you when I went to college because I wasn't really like ever an, a super active person. I ended up losing a lot of weight because that first semester of our freshman year, we were dancing for like three hours a day and, you know, your body just gets used to that. Right. Um, and so I felt like I was getting so much of like this positive positive attention for the Mm -hmm. first time. And then as college went on and uh, situations happened, I ended up gaining weight and more back. And it was just such an interesting experience, but I feel you. It's such a, um, a hard time being young and like really being so aware of what your body like means in the world. Yeah. And it doesn't help that people feel very comfortable commenting on it. Oh my gosh. Especially on your weight loss. And the thing that bothers Mm -hmm. me with that is people don't know how you got there. So when I've been at my thinnest, I would get so many compliments and people would tell me, you look so great. You look the best you've ever looked. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, but you don't know how I got here. My freshman year. So I always like, I also went to an arts high school and like body was something we were very aware of. Like it it was talked about a lot. Um, Like there was even like the head of the theater department would sometimes 
tells students to lose weight. And if they lost weight, they'd get cast in things. And if they didn't, they wouldn't. Yeah. Um, And I remember, yeah, my freshman year, I got a concussion um, of college. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I essentially like didn't leave my dorm for two weeks. And as a consequence of that, I essentially kind of wasn't eating for two weeks. Um, And so I came out and I think I lost like 10, 15 pounds. Um, And I was ecstatic loved was so excited loved the way I look and had so many different teachers comment on it but that was not a sustainable thing the only way for me to maintain that was to continue not eating right which which you're not gonna do yeah like (laughs) not eating for several weeks at a time is not a good thing to do at all yeah I think it's so interesting like what you said and like your I think your story highlights this is like sometimes we as humans are just like in certain situations and doing certain things to like get there whether it's by like restricting or like for me I know like the weight came off naturally because we were dancing like three times a day like three hours but that's not going to be every season of your life so your body is going to adjust to the different seasons and you can't expect like I was talking with my partner one time about like this like specific situation and I was like I don't have time to work like take three dance classes a day like I need to make money and be like an adult like that was just that season of my life yeah yeah I can relate to that because for me when I was this was 2020 before my breakdown Mm -hmm. um I was the thinnest I had been, but I still didn't think I was, of course, thin. Right. You never are. No, you never are. (laughs) Like when I look back at that, I was like, you were tiny, relaxed. Um, I was exercising two times a day and Mm -hmm. this was COVID. So this is like, you had the time to do Mm -hmm. that. We don't have the time to do that anymore. I barely had any time to like walk today. Um, Morning and night and restricting. Mm -hmm. And so that, of course, you're going to lose weight. So it was, You know, it's just unsustainable. And I think at the same time, you're not living your life if you're doing that. Like, with what time was I going to see friends and do things? It's also exhausting. Like, being in a perpetual state of starvation. It's exhausting. You're moody. You're, I was the worst person ever. Yeah. You know, to my family, to my friends, to the people I loved. I was moody. I was annoyed. I was unhappy all the things like at my thinnest I was actually the most unhappy I've ever been yeah and do you feel like like um things that happened to you maybe when you were in your teenage years or younger like influenced this time in your life I think so I think a couple of things yeah and I may be like you know a lot of people I'm sure can relate I was always the curvy friend oh Always. Yeah. I never, I was always a Kirby friend and all the guys always wanted my friends. No one looked at me. I was like invisible. And so I think, but the thing is I would, I told my parents like, I want to try a diet. So Mm. at 13, I started, I think it was called LA weight loss. I don't even know. I don't think it exists anymore. And then I did, I did all of them. You can think Jenny Craig, Weight Watchers. I did all of them. My fitness pal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But that was later. I did that like. (laughs) Oh, see, that was that uh, was that became a thing when I was early high school. Oh my god. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that for me was 2020, 2019. Mm -hmm. Um, I did all of them, and it. What was my point with that? So, point is that I just tried and failed at every diet. Yeah. And at the same time, I think my parents wanted me to feel comfortable and can notice that I felt uncomfortable because everyone around me, including my parents are thin and fit and everyone around me just always felt thinner. 
And I wanted to be like them because I thought that was what I was supposed to look like. Yeah. So I think that kind of influenced me. And I think also just society and what we saw on TV. Like I watched Disney Channel and, you know, Lizzie McGuire. Everyone's thin. There was not one curvy person on there. So it was kind of society. And they also make horrible jokes, like horrible fat people jokes. Like I obviously haven't watched any of those old shows in a long time, but like with TikTok and people digging back and watching these old shows, all these clips and I'm like, Oh, no wonder why we all thought that. Like we all thought even in the children's show, they were like, ha ha fat person. Yeah. You don't deserve to be happy. Go. (laughs) I did a bad job paraphrasing (laughs) No, but but like that's exactly what it was. True. (laughs) No, I relate to you so much saying like you felt like you were the curvy friend when you were younger. I felt the same way. And just like lately, I've been thinking about like uh, that time in my life in middle school Mm -hmm. when, and just like how it like relates to like relationships and like feeling this need for love and to be loved because like at the time, all of my, you know, skinnier friends, like we're getting all this male attention and I wasn't and I felt like it was because of my body and I was like it's because I am a little bit bigger than them and stuff so I just relate to that like so hardcore because it took me so long to get out of that like mindset and sometimes I still like have those moments where I'm like oh I'm I'm the outlier here and you have to like kind of bring yourself back into reality the truth is that it's really not about your body or your size. It's the confidence. Yeah. It's, you know, do you have your head up high? Are you walking into your room feeling like the most confident person in there? Because if you're like looking down, looking at your phone and giving that kind of like, you know, yeah, that look, that's what people are turned away by. And that's what I was giving back in the day. So sure. Yeah, I get that. I feel like when I would walk into like bars or parties, like I would have that essence. Like I would kind of close in because I was so afraid of like what would happen, like, you know, if you came outward. So I totally agree with that. And it's something that's like hard to overcome. I mean, it's funny you mentioned that because I remember when we were recording here with Rayanne, like she mentioned like, you know, going into a bar and just like like going up to that, like going up to the bar and ordering and like not looking at your phone and just like held head held high and just like doing it and I was like that's such a great idea and I feel like ever since like I've like employed that in my life like you know I don't care what anybody else in this bar like thinks of me like I'm just gonna walk in and like do me and be me yeah yeah I love that yeah you should yeah we all should period period (laughs) so honestly thinking of bars and we and dating let's get into that um because I like was watching some of your content last night and I just like related to a lot of it um so something that like I related to and I think a lot of people can relate to is this fear of like putting yourself out there in the dating world because of like the thoughts that you have about your body and Mm -hmm. maybe even your personality. So how are ways that you've like overcome that, um, through your dating life? I think I, back in the day, obviously was very insecure when it came to dating, because I remember even with dating apps, I thought, but what if in person they think I'm curvier, they don't Mm. like what I look like. And now what I do is I kind of make sure that my hinge profile or my profiles show my body, show everything. Cause I'm like, this is what you're getting. I'm not changing. I don't care. Yeah. This is who I am. This is what I look like. And that's that. Yeah. I also think I kind of like what we were just saying about going into a bar and 
just showing that confidence. I love to shoot my shot. It's my favorite thing in the world. Oh, I'll go up to someone and be like, I think you're cute. And if you know what, if they reject me, I didn't know them before. So I'm not missing out on anything. Yes. It's fine. I think at first, obviously rejection kind of sucks. But at the end of the day, I've learned that I will, I'm single, so I will find someone who loves and accepts me exactly as I am, who loves my curves and, you know, will never say anything about my body, period. Yeah. Need or want them to. (laughs) Have you always been somebody that was like comfortable shooting their shot? I think this is so interesting because we have a friend that is also like very comfortable shooting her shot. Do you know who it is? Do you know my college roommate? Oh, yeah. Um, So just in case. Shout out to college roommate. Shout out college roommate. You know who you are. But yeah, she is so comfortable like going up and like shooting her shot. And so I'm just curious like where that energy in you came from. Honestly, I faked it till I made it. Yeah. (laughs) I really did. I just kind of was like, I can, there are two options. I can go into a bar and think that nobody here wants me and kind of just wait around for someone to come up to me. Or I can go up to someone I think is cute. That is my type. Mm -hmm. Maybe personality wise, I don't think is my match, but if I think he's cute, what am I going to lose? Like, really like, think about it. What are you going to lose? I might never see him again, or I might get a date out of this is the best case scenario. That's so true. My partner preaches like the same thing of the, like just going up. It's like the same career, anything. Like, what are you going to lose from sending someone a LinkedIn message or, Mm. you know, a DM or an email? I feel like I'm willing to do that with career stuff. It is personal stuff where I don't. Like, why do you think, what do you think stops you? I definitely think a lot of his confidence. Like, I also, like, no one was particularly interested in me in high school. Like, I didn't date in high school, really. Like, I've dated one person. um, And I just, I don't know. I always felt very sidekicky. And... Yeah, I just, I think I'm significantly less confident than people think I am based That's on the so way funny. I act. I would think that you are so confident nope. and, and go up to anyone. Nope. And- <laughs> She's seen me in bars. Uh, uh, Sarah's partner <laughs> will bring me over to someone. And be like, Help me start a conversation and I run away. Yeah. No. My partner is not afraid of it. And they've always preached mm-hmm. like kind of the same thing that you do is like, why like why does it matter if you get rejected by somebody that you don't know yeah I'm not gonna lie rejection sucks it does and I've been rejected and it sucks but I stop myself as soon as I start thinking it's because of my body because they don't know me as soon as here's the thing you can judge me by my looks and my body great fine whatever you do you yeah but once you get to know me you won't even think same with you guys you won't think about the way I look you're gonna think more about is she a good you know a good person she's family oriented yeah career you know it's it's so much more important yeah and I feel like at the end of the day so so many people end up talking about how like those qualities like are you family oriented what's your personality like Mm -hmm. end up you know superseding anything that has to do with your physical appearance because at the end of the day like physical appearances like come and go and all that but like you're gonna have to be with this person like if you want for the rest of your life and like there's a lot of other qualities that should come over what you look like I mean my mom said that she would never date a man who is shorter than her and bald (laughs) and my dad is my mom is six uh six feet tall my dad is like maybe 5'10 and he's been (laughs) bald since he was 20 um never say never yeah and he came with four children um so really didn't (laughs) hit any of her marks in a way that she wanted um but they this year uh this 
next year's July will be their 30th wedding anniversary. Slay. Yeah. You know, I need to I need to meet her because she's I, iconic. Yeah, I she can is. Lori's yeah. very yeah. iconic. Lori's way out of Jeffrey's league. And I tell <laughs> Jeffrey that every single day. I love that though, but it shows that, you know, I look wise, everyone tells me I have a type. I have a very mm. specific type, like Jewish looking, not too tall, whatever. I have a type. Um, dad bod. Um, but <laughs> I feel like people always try to set me up and I'm like, they're not my type. And people are like, you need to branch out. You need to stop thinking. You need to meet them first and then decide. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that I'm trying to like, you know. Yeah. That seems like a good like piece of advice because I feel like you've done that like a couple of times. Like you would go on like a dating app date and you weren't like a hundred percent sold on the first date and would like go on another one and like sort of feel it out. I basically always will give a second date. Um, and it's because of my grandmother and her, uh, or my grandfather who passed away before I was born, how they got together is my grandmother, there's this dance coming up. The boy that she really liked hadn't asked her. My grandfather, Lee, asked her. So she said yes. Then a day later, the boy she really liked asked her. All her friends told her, ditch Lee. She was like, that's not how my parents raised me. She ended up being the organizer of this party. And so she spent no time with Lee. He was running around doing errands for her the whole time. So she felt kind of bad. And so she gave him a second date. They ended up getting married and having two kids and having a, a really wonderful life until he, he tragically died pretty young. Oh, no. um, but like she uh, she passed this past winter. She was talking about how she was ready to be with Lee. Like he was still the love of her life. And she wouldn't have it's gone so out with him and gone on a second date had it not just kind of worked out that way and had she not just felt kind of guilty um so I'll always like even if it doesn't feel like sparks or like a real connection I'll always give a second date because like people are nervous on first dates you never know like what if they're having a shitty day like people get nervous um a thousand percent and I think that you have to and also the first date is so surface level it's what do you do? Mm-hmm. Do you where's your family? You know, it's all of that. You can't really get to know someone. No, it's it's like a job interview. It's literally a job interview. <laughs> <laughs> I hate first. I you know I don't really get nervous, but I'm just like I just want to get to the second date. I'm yeah, like, yes, date is the worst. My sister and I were literally talking about last week, and we were like, I don't want to go on first dates with people. I just want to be dating someone already. I oh, really like me. that first like three or four dates. I'd love to skip those four. Yes. Yeah. Alas, not how it works. I never got, I like never been on a first, like a real first date. I'm so It's like high school stuff. Um, but no, I can imagine that. Like, it's almost like feels like a friendship, like wise. Like, I wish I could skip over the parts like with meeting adult friends where yeah. it's just like, you know, I'm feeling awkward and I don't know exactly what to talk about and like those things. And, and I don't know how weird of jokes I can make. Like, yeah, ooh, right. like, like I can't be like weird and quirky and all that stuff. Yeah. But what is a piece of advice that you would pass on to people in their 20s about dating? I would say stop thinking that they don't like you because of your body or stop for example, if they ghost you or break up with you, don't assume that it's because of the way you look yeah. because it's not. And also, if they don't think it's a match for them, then move on. Like, move on. Stop fighting for them. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to prove yourself because you're not going to get anything good out of that. Yeah. But I think the best, you know, thinking back to me dating when I was 20 and dating now, be confident in who you are and what you have to give and what you look like and don't change anything for anyone. Yeah. There was a guy I dated who in my early 20s who 
this is an example for everyone listening who would make little comments about my appearance mm-hmm. and would say I had lighter hair and he's like, you should dye your hair darker. I really like it when it's dark. I remember him saying you should wear pearl earrings. They look classy, like little things. Mm-hmm. And I go, I remember thinking I cannot date this guy. I'm not changing myself. So mm-hmm. don't change yourself for anyone yeah. and rock the way you look and trust that someone is going to love you exactly as you are. Yeah. Wow. That's so interesting. Like those little like, that's what? I mean, so the only person I've been in a long-term relationship with, one thing that I was really glad that I did in our first date was like, I didn't wear the most insane outfit that I've ever worn. Like I, this is a pretty low key outfit for me, but I tend to, I'm a lot as a person. You just have amazing taste. Yeah. You're super cool. Like I want to wear this. No, you have a very Um, cool style. But I was like, I, I kept trying on different outfits and I didn't like them. And so just I wore an outfit that was very me. I wore like I had these Fila light pink like platform sneakers yes. that I loved. And I like wore like glitter eyeshadow or whatever. And it was like a lot, but it was intentional. It was like, I want to make sure that like if this person wants to continue dating that like they know up front, like Style. I am a big personality. <laughs> I'm a big sort of everything. Um, And to just know that off the bat rather than like kind of, tamper it down a little bit and then slowly like parse it out and then have yeah. you discover in six months like no this is too much for She's me not for me right <laughs> it's better to show your show up as you are yeah even now I was telling my friend I was on my way and he and he's like I don't even have to tell you good luck just show up as you are it's like that is the best way you will attract the person for you yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent so kind of pivoting back to um you know you spoke earlier about like when in 2020 when things were really tough for you and so I'm curious like at during the pandemic during 2020 when things were at a low for you in terms of like eating and weight and exercise you know, what was your mindset like? Like, what were you going through at that point in your journey? I think when I go back to that, it was, you know, 2020 pandemic. I think back to feeling that like loss of control and that loss of routine because of, of quarantine. I almost forgot what it was called. Quarantine. (laughs) Um, I think I had too much time to focus on my body Mm. because we were stuck at home. Yeah. And I remember, um, you know, I worked in, I work in PR, but I was working at an agency and we were slowly kind of losing clients because the first thing you let go is, is PR. Mm -hmm. So things were getting kind of slow. There wasn't much to do. So I felt like I just had so much time to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I started my you know, morning and night workouts. I started running, which I don't run. I, there was no gym. So I had to figure out a workout. Yeah. Um, But right before that months leading up to it or a year leading up to it was when I was losing weight and kept losing weight because of the comments people were making about Mm. how great I looked. So kept losing weight and then pandemic was just my all-time low and I really broke when I went to Puerto Rico. I'm from Puerto Rico. Um, I visited my family and I remember being so moody, mean to my family. Anytime my mom mentioned let's eat out, which was like such a gift during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, I would get really angry because I was like, I want to control what I'm eating. Mm. So I remember I came back and I um, was alone because my roommate wasn't wasn't there. And I just broke down and I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired. And I took this six minute video that I have on my phone and I watch it. It was August 6, 2020. And I always watch it. Um, I celebrated three years this yeah. year. So I said, I'm tired. I'm done. I don't care. Like, I just, I need to, this needs to stop. Yeah. Mm. 
So, yeah. It was that, you know, sense of control of the pandemic just made it so much worse. And I think that a lot of people, it's interesting because some people used it to lose weight and get into routines and like get into fitness. And then some people, you know, it was the opposite where it was like, I'm, I don't have that routine. I'm, you know, eating because there's nothing else to do. So it was, yeah. It was, it was a rough time. Yeah. I think it's interesting also because the pandemic, I felt like there was such an emphasis on exercise because that's literally all we had to do. Like there was, there's this really long street in my town and literally because my parents like, and nobody else's parents would like let us hang out indoors. My friends and I would like go on walks and we would stroll this, like we would literally bring like drinks and like stroll the town because there was nothing else to do. But also I felt like I, in general, like even like thinking about like the news and the social media at that time, because, you know, I, I totally understand like movement does help your mental, but I think there was just such an emphasis on like, you should be doing something like physical, like a lot because of this very stressful time that we're in. It makes me think of, there was this app and I wonder if you guys remember it, Mm -hmm. Obi. It was like an an app, a workout app that everyone was using. And if oh. you weren't using it, same with Melissa Wood Health. Okay, yes, yes. Like yes. all these, I started doing all these apps. Yeah. Things. Yes. Plus the running, plus the that. What, right. I think there was a girl named like, was Chloe Ting? Or yeah. something? Oh my yeah. gosh. Ab working <laughs> Like, I I just remember, like, I remember actually there was, we had this yoga studio back where we went to school. Yes. And yeah, it was actually a very lovely studio. Wait, you guys were in school. We were in school. Our last year and a half were pandemic times. Yeah. So you were home for that? Yeah. Not our senior year. Not our senior year. But we were in person, but couldn't really do a performing arts degree yeah. in a pandemic doesn't uh, it's work. really hard like we were like, like you couldn't sing indoors yeah we were singing like <laughs> Audrey it was we so loud <laughs> we were like singing outside uh, like it, on oh, the campus singing in our classes behind masks um yeah so that was but didn't that work very well yeah but that first semester we were at home and yeah, I just like remember like the Chloe Ting workouts and then we had this studio where we went to school and they did like virtual sort of yoga classes. So I was doing that a lot. Like, yeah, it, it almost seemed like they were like pushing it as something to do because everybody is just like bored. Yeah. Like, isn't it funny how society just pushes something to us and then you think you need to do it and you think you need to overdo it. And- well, I also feel like there was kind of this message of like, Hey, you no longer have the excuse of being busy. We all yeah. know you've got the time. Right. right. Do it. That is so true. That is so true. I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah. But it's interesting. Cause I also feel like on the other side of the pandemic was like, like you said, like eating and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm getting so drunk. Yeah. Yes. Like it was like people having house parties. Yeah. Oh, just- me and my parents, we were averaging like two to three wine bottles a night. And people, <laughs> oh when God. I told them that, were like, well, you have a lot of siblings. Like, that makes sense. And I'm like, no, it's just my parents and I home. We're averaging like a bottle of wine per person. It's per so night. funny. Sorry to interrupt how everyone was so different because I was the opposite. I went really? like six months without drinking, which is the longest I've ever. Not that I'm not promoting. I, I just love my wine. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I went six months without drinking. Oh, no. I feel like I was, I remember there, we did this like, because, I guess because maybe we were still in college, but we did like a Zoom Cinco de Mayo. Yeah, no, that was And the, I like got trashed on Cinco mm-hmm. de Mayo, like in my home. Zoom oh, and we watched hours. one of our friends get really drunk and do, or was it me who got really drunk and did crazy things? 
Oh, one of yes, us? that was you. Was it me? It was me. In my defense, I just gone through a breakup. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you like said someone got really drunk on it. It was me. You're like it's me. <laughs> it was me. Uh, I'm the problem. Yeah, we, we we were at my grandmother's house in New Hampshire, where uh, no one had been for several months. I was with there in the very beginning with two of my friends from college, and like we had very limited food and whatever, and we just had whatever alcohol my grandmother leaves up there, and people left up there, so we were making the worst cocktails in the world because we didn't have juice or even like limes or any sort of mixer so we were just like we're just getting mixing here. shit together and it was disgusting but we were drinking it because we were like we gotta pass the fucking time yeah <laughs> that was literally there's nothing to do no, no I, I feel like that's a blur for me that's yeah funny. it's such a blur and thank you also just like kind of pivoting back a little bit so pre-pandemic what like what was your career life like in Miami like what was that stage of your 20s like I was so when I moved from Boston because I went to Boston College and okay. I did PR in Boston at this awful firm. <laughs> um, I just immediately started working at agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked at I would say two agencies, and I think if anyone is twenty years old and watching this, you don't need to stay at a job for a year. Like get that out of your mind. The yeah. whole like I need it for the resume. If you're not happy, move on. Yeah. So I was at one agency that I I really just was unhappy, and then I moved on to another one that I loved, and I actually still work with them a lot because oh, nice. of the clients I represent, or you know, just mutual relationships. Um. And I just started working at agencies and I think from there it really was just referrals and I started working. I tried in-house, didn't really love it. Um, I recently just left a full-time position to do my own thing and I've been working. Yeah, so I'm doing like freelance PR marketing um, and consulting. So yeah, it's been fun. But it it was a whole like try this, try that. Yeah. Um, but you guys are really at, starting – really well so I'm excited to see where you guys end up thanks yeah. this is just the start, it's just the start. <laughs> thanks yeah I feel like it's so interesting like to see where people kind of go throughout their 20s with their career because I I also from watching your content like I saw you talk about like some of the lessons that you've learned in your 20s and you talked about networking and it's something that has like always just been so emphasized in my household because of my dad so I'm curious to hear like what is a piece of a networking advice you have or like your take on it I would say the way that I network is kind of how I had mentioned before I will email someone DM someone um or I will you know for example my friend who works in PR is really good friends with Bella I think Bella Gerard is that how you say it I love her she's like a she's like a fashion editor but also an influencer she's fabulous you guys have to follow her curvy fashion she's amazing um she made the intro for us she's like i was like you know i i saw you guys are friends can you make the intro Mm -hmm. and i think it's just not being afraid to ask for an introduction and put yourself out there even an old client of mine that i worked with years ago i told him hey i'm actually doing things on my own um would love to chat we met for coffee for lunch um and you know now we're working together so it's kind of like that yeah it's don't be afraid to put yourself out there look up the person dm them message them if they don't answer they don't answer yeah yeah i feel like it's that's just like the best way to go about it it's so interesting though because that is not something they teach you in college they're like good in networking i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie i also do go to a lot of events yeah both as a pr marketing you know person but also as like 
life of the shameless. So yeah. A little bit of both. And I think through that, I've built my relationships with the influencers in Miami and really have a strong hold on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the networking events, like the traditional networking events are kind of dead. Just Yeah. I've never been to one before. I, I used to go to some. They're fine, but I don't think – I'm sure I could actually get a client or meet someone out of that, but I think – you can be a little bit more productive and be more mindful of your time by just like doing research on someone, messaging them. Let's grab a coffee. Let's meet. Would love to meet. Why not? Yeah, I agree. I feel like for us, I mean, the podcast is such a great like networking device because we end up meeting a bunch of people. And then I know like I kind of like to like, you know, reply to their stories or like something and like sort of try and stay in contact. But um, I was like your star, like your most the person you've had that you've been most excited about? Oh, that's hard. I feel like so many people. For me, it was probably when Defining Decade. Oh, oh wow. Yes, yes. We had Meg that Jay. book has yes. melted so much. Wait, yeah, I don't know why I said the book and not wait, her name. Uh, oh, my gosh. I loved mm. that book. Yes. Yeah, great book. They were on? Yes, yes. We had the, the author, author on. The came on and we did an article mm-hmm. with her in the New York Times. Like, that was, like, our, yeah. our moment that we, like, we're that like, is this is really crazy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. I love that. Yeah. That. And I may say also, too, uh, how you found us is through yes. Rayanne um, because yeah. she was, like, the one of the first curvy influencers before I even yeah. knew curvy influencers were a thing that I found. And so I felt like that was a really big full circle moment mm-hmm. for me as, like, watching somebody on, like, you know, social media for so many years and then, like, getting to talk to them in person. And we met her at, like, our first, like, sort of industry event which felt like very cool and exciting yeah. like we yeah. met her at a spotify Is that like, how podcasting you dinner yeah the, well we she was at a dinner mm-hmm. and i remember she walked in and i literally turned to audrey and i was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh like i've been following this girl for so yeah. long and then it was such an intimate event yeah. that we were all just sitting at the table and we all got to like know each other very like you know through that night um and she was like yeah i'd love to like record with you guys and so love that yeah it's it's so cool how like the world works um so you guys know how to network you've you you know how to do it i wouldn't say we know it yet but i'd say we're we just we're learning we're learning and we're trying now that we also like have the network behind us and they help like make introductions Mm -hmm. for us but also i feel like even before that we weren't afraid to like email people i was like why the heck not i think like the internet removes a barrier of like with dating and like going up someone in person like it's hard to get rejected to your face yeah whereas like you can shoot your shot on the internet and they might never answer. Yeah, which is like, but yeah. they might. They might. I know. Some, I, I remember like when we first started and somebody get, had given us that piece of advice was like, you'll like, you just, you'll just be surprised ask. surprised by people yeah. who say yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, and since then, it's just been so surprising to me how many people end up like being like, yeah, sure. Or like reaching out to us and just being able to like cross paths. It's like really great. That is incredible. Congrats. Yeah. Thank I you. But going back now, going back to the pandemic, I'm like flipping back and forth. <laughs> We're having great conversation. I know. I love it. Um, so going back, I had watched in a couple of your videos talking about how like one of the first steps you took to like recovering was, you know, getting rid of clothes that didn't fit you, which I totally relate to. And so I'm kind of curious, like what led you to being like, that is the first step for me. And like, how did it feel when you ended up getting rid of those things and realizing like, oh, this is really helping me? Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I finally did a closet cleanse and got rid of clothing that just didn't fit me or I hadn't worn in years. Yeah. 
it was right after I started my healing journey. It was like three months in and I immediately had gained, you know, I actually don't remember because I don't really, I haven't weighed myself in like two years. So I don't know, but I had gained two pant sizes. So I had to get rid of the old stuff. It was, I got to go. So I remember I was squeezing into things. I will never forget. I went to one dinner with my friends at Sugar Cane, which is a place in Miami. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting and being so uncomfortable. And the next day I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm getting rid of this. And the thing is you have so much attachment to some items, but the truth is that you're probably never going to, I'm not going to fit into a size four again, ever. Like I'm not a size four. So, um, I had to get rid of that. And I remember feeling this sense of relief that now I have space to put Mm -hmm. new items that fit me. And there's nothing better than, than walking into a closet and being like, I can wear anything in here because everything in here fits me. Yeah. And it was, you know, after that, now I I do a closet cleanse, I would say every three to four months. Mm. The truth is I have a, I, I get a lot of clothing. Like I shop a lot. Yeah. So it's an issue. But, <laughs> but whenever, you know, my body, I, my body is always fluctuating and it's just always how it's been for me every yeah. year, even year by year, I look different or month by month, you know, every month. Um, so if something doesn't fit me, I haven't worn it in a year or a couple of months, like I'll, I will donate it or I will put it on Poshmark depending on yeah. how I feel about it. But I just noticed that it just made me feel so much better. Yeah. I've that. really struggled with doing that, but it is so infuriating to like walk in and even when your closet is full, like to know, like none of this fits me. Like, yeah. And like then confusing for like my friends will helping me get ready. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. 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 Like this is so cute. Can't do that. It doesn't fit. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I feel you. I remember like sort of at the end of college when I had gained some weight and I sort of had a moment like you did where I was just like, I'm so fucking tired of hating myself and like hating my body, like done with this. Like, let me get some like new stuff. And, um, it was super helpful. And honestly, like seeing your content, I was like, I need to do a reuptake for fall of like getting things that like fit me and feel comfortable for where my body is at right now, because I feel like I'm going through a similar stage where I'm like looking at a lot of the stuff I have and I'm like, this doesn't make me feel great. Like, no, like that's too tight, like this stuff. So I agree. Like it, it's so helpful when you look at your, like all the clothing options and you're like, it's all open to me. Yeah. Like I can wear anything and it's all about what color do I want to wear? What am I feeling? What's the vibe? Um, yeah, I actually did a closet cleanse right before coming here too. And it was just, it was a good feeling. It was like, okay, I'm getting rid of this. Um, and I remember I actually, this, the dress I wore for my sister's wedding, which was early 2020, Mm -hmm. that was like, you know, bad, bad time for me. Um, it was a stunning dress. It was very expensive. And I remember just having it in my closet and I was like, I don't know what to do with this because I'm never going to wear it again. Yeah. I don't know what to do. And I, I look at my mom and I'm like, why don't I give this to you? And why don't you just, she's tiny. She's, but she's, you know, she's just naturally that way. She's petite, tiny. I don't know who I got my jeans from, but whatever. <laughs> um, and she altered it and wore it for a wedding. And I was just like, that's a great way to recycle the item. Yeah. And it's so beautiful and great, but it's not for me anymore. Yeah. And do you feel like there's other, you know, steps that you took? Like, obviously that was like, like step one for you, but what are some other steps that you have taken in your recovery journey? I think that was number one. Number two is I just stopped 
weighing myself. Mm-hmm. I, I used to weigh myself every single day. And again, it, this might be a little triggering. So I used to weigh myself every day and let that number dictate how my day would be, whether mm-hmm. it was going to be a good day because I lost a little bit of weight or it was going to be a bad day because I gained a pound, which was probably water weight. I, um, you know, I stopped using my fitness pal. I, um, I stopped caring about the size and cared more about how it fit me and how I felt in the eye. Yeah. I think that's really important for people, you know, dressing their body. Don't care about the size. Just worry about how you feel in it and if it looks good. It doesn't matter if it's a small, if it's an – like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what size it is. And then I really – I think the most important thing is I was very careful about how I spoke to myself because I've become, like, spiritual. And I think – I really think that – how you speak to yourself will manifest. And if you're, you know, saying negative things and saying like, I'm ugly, I'm this, that's how you're going to be perceived to everyone else. So I just, every, I have a notes app with affirmations that I read to myself. Um, and I kind of, I did a video on this too. And I'm just like, I am glowing. I feel confident. I, you know, little things like that where it sounds silly, but I I do say them to myself. No. Yeah. Even like brain studies show like, like, I, I switched to language that I use even when like joking and being sarcastic because if you say like, oh, I hate myself and ugly enough, like your brain, it when you it. say it, yeah, your brain doesn't know it's sarcasm. Yeah. And so it accepts it as fact. And so the things you say, even when joking, like have meaning in your brain and you can hardwire it. Like yeah. it, it's incredible and very powerful tool, but also like something that can be really to your detriment if you are really mean to yourself. Like that will become true in your brain. Yeah. If yeah. You say it enough. I know. I feel like I've been on this like journey in the last couple months of just like trying to catch when I see my brain doing that. Mm-hmm. And when I'm like either like comparing myself or thinking something and then I'll like catch it and I'll be like, this isn't helpful. This is not going to get me anywhere by thinking these thoughts. Like I may not be like a hundred percent happy with where I'm at right now, or I may be comparing myself to somebody, but that that's just not going to help the journey. So like, let's pivot. Like, let's think about like the things that we are super, you know, happy to have and proud of and continue on. I love that. Yeah. It's been like super helpful. I would say, honestly, last week we talked about it on the episode because I was like scrolling on Insta late at night and, you know, comparing Always and like all that stuff. Worst thing. And I was like, this, you know, this girl's very talented and like, just like me, she ha- probably has so much shit going on in her own life. Like, why am I comparing myself to like her highlight reel? I was going to say, you know what I love about this generation or like the TikTok generation is that it's becoming more vulnerable and more honest. And I think the traditional influencer is dead. The mm. influencer who's posting, this is where I got, you know, my Revolve outfits. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, I'm here in Italy. Like, yes, it sounds great. And people want to hear your recs and love that you're living such a glamorous life. But I think people care more about want to follow someone who they can relate to. So 100%. someone who's being like, I'm really struggling with my job. I'm not happy. I'm, an, you know, like, yeah, they're going to tune in because they're like, I feel you. Right. So I kind of feel like that's dying, like the traditional, at least people are gravitating more towards honesty. No, I 100% agree with you. I like as a viewer of people and I love watching social media stuff like, uh, like, yes, there's people that I know that like, oh, like there, it looks aesthetically very nice and whatever. Right. It's yes. aspirational. We talk about that a lot at work. Aspirational. <laughs> um, But 
um, the people who I'm really connected with, who I like will like search in my TikTok bar to like look at every day are people who are like sharing their real lives and real stories. So yeah, like you're going to show me your nice outfit, but you're also going to tell me like how you're having a shitty day. Who are the people that you like search for? I, I'm Ooh. always so curious to see like who you you look for. I love Victoria Paris. Yes. Yeah. She's somebody that I've been watching a lot recently. I love her like European excursion vlogs right now. Um, I'm very into um, Emily Kaiser and Avery Woods right now. Um, they're both um, from Arizona. One is one of them is a pretty young mom. One of them's in her later 20s. Um, and I just really enjoy their content. It's like very aesthetic, but also real at the same time um I'm trying to think like who else that I watch a lot I like Danny Cleric I think is her name she's an interior designer oh yes um, it's so funny stuff. how we all have such different algorithms mm -hmm. I'm like who's that? I know but I do love talking to people and finding the weird niches where we overlap for example uh me and my sister are both on the part of TikTok where TikTok thinks you have autism and it's like <laughs> I don't I appreciate whatever you're trying to do <laughs> like uh, how does it even it's so crazy tiktok knows i know oh also from miami uh lauren geraldo yes yes i i've been following her for a while um like youtube wise um and then also on youtube i like kenzie elizabeth jc i know smith. the name yes jc marie smith what um, see, oh that's the, the what we said yes yeah. Yes. I think also like I've seen like shifts in influencers from kind of always having that very aesthetic uh, like life to like learning to actually like let their personality, let their struggles like shine through a bit. Right. And I think most of the time I end up seeing like the real person, like if they have like a long form source of uh, social media. Well, because I yeah. think perfectionism works pretty well on Instagram. Like yes, it's a picture. Yes. It's beautiful. But like the story. Short term com short form content like kind of can work with that but particularly as it gets longer and longer like watching someone be perfect is no offense pretty fucking boring like yes. that's why like our movies and tv shows are not about this perfect person has a perfect fucking day like i spent last night it was like 11 o'clock there's this girl she's she has a podcast on barstool with brianna chicken fry i forget oh name. yes 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 with the curl, curly yes. hair shoot what is her name i'm totally banging but i know exactly who you're talking about she has been documenting her journey with cockroaches on <laughs> on tiktok and when i tell you she, i think her video was like almost 10 minutes i was so entertained the entire time totally like this is <laughs> i feel for you i am so sorry this is awful and i'm like we i and i commented i was like we, we need you to continue because we need to know what's gonna happen yeah <laughs> wait i gotta watch this when yeah. i yeah. In, the, in the car ride home no yeah. I love that I love when somebody can really like just be like in. listen like yes I you know I have a podcast on Barstool but right now my life is not as glamorous as it mm -hmm. seems right because I think it, that's the cool thing is like the juxtaposition like I know we were talking about with our network like the like oh like our uh, Instagram looks like super put together but like that's like not like sometimes who we are as human beings. So letting that like shine through in the content, like you don't have to be like this picture perfect image. I think you guys really do a good job of that. Well, both of you, well, on TikTok, but also on stories. Like I love watching your stories. That's and been like, a new adventure. New I like adventure. that. And how you guys kind of switch around. I think it's really entertaining. Thank you. We appreciate that. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, social media and posting on social media and being a personality on social media is just Exhausting. like, 
It's so interesting and day by day it changes. But something that I've like learned over the last couple of years and doing it like on my like personally is like, and I got this piece of advice from Tess Barkley, I will not claim it, is like consistency isn't posting like every single day or three times a day. It's just showing up with like the consistent energy I needed to hear that. No, literally it saved my life. Like, because I was trying so hard to like post every day and like whatever. And ever since like she gave me that piece of advice, I'm like, if I don't want to post one day, like I'm not posting, I'm not filming because like, like that's not good energy going into the world. When I want to show you like what I'm doing and like documenting it, like that's because I want to put it out there. And isn't it funny how, I'm so glad you said that by the way, because I've been feeling this sense of guilt because I'm in New York. I brought a whole suitcase of outfits and have only worn like three of them, you know, but it was this, I had an idea of, I'm going to film my outfits in New York. I'm going to do this and that. And I have two days left and I'm like, I didn't do that. And it's okay. It's okay. But at the same time, it's this guilt of like, I should have posted every day. I'm not in Miami. I'm doing something. Um, Well, it's also difficult of like balancing, like being in the moment with life and documenting life. Like you, you can't do both at the time. You can't like authentically be in the moment and document the moment like it's hard it's so hard I think that which is why I like to film the day in the life just because I will get a snippet and then put it down because I'm, I'm editing it the next day yeah um but it's hard and it's also like it's exhausting no it is I get it but it's fun I love it and I love Doing it for the right reason. Yeah. So showing up with that energy that is for the right reason and not because I need to get a video out there because TikTok is telling me. To. Right. Exactly. I feel like once <laughs> I shifted to that, I like really learned to like like it in this way because I think, you know, something that we had both struggled with with theater was like I would show up and do it even when I really didn't want to do it. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And then I ended up in this place where I hated this thing that I once loved. And so I think from that experience, I've learned that like, if I don't want to sing that day, if I don't want to film the video, whatever, like give yourself the grace to like not do that so that you don't end up pushing yourself into this like bad relationship with your passion. Right. And it's funny because my friend, my best friend, Serna, I, I call her out in everything I do. Um, hi, Serna. She's <laughs> definitely l- listening. Um, yes. She, I remember I told her, like, I'm just really frustrated. This was a couple of months ago. I was just like, I feel like my content isn't performing as well as it used to. And she kind of said the same thing where she goes, I think it's because you're, you feel like you need to show up and you're not giving off that energy. And she's such a believer in, you know, energy. Yeah. And, like, if you feel so- really good about something because you wanted to do it, chances are it's probably going to do well. But if you put something up that you're like, I'm doing this because I have to film this and like I, you know, I'm overdue and I need to do it. It's like it's the universe is like sensing that signal and it's like it's probably not going to do well. Yeah. I think one of my favorite things about this podcast is that set up from the beginning with the name even is like, we're telling you we're going to be a mess and it allowed ourselves to <laughs> let ourselves be a little fucking goblin. I love that. I yeah. love that. Like the bar was set of we're a mess. So like if we're not a mess, then we're we're lying. So just share the fucking messiness. <laughs> right. Um, 
Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I enjoy just letting myself be the little gremlin that I am. <laughs> like, <laughs> who knows what right? Like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but we're figuring this out together. Yeah, literally. That's what I love. Literally. Like, last no week. No one knows what they're doing. Not one person. No, zero. Like, I think that's something that we've learned from this. Like, recording with so many people. Even Meg J, who wrote, like, The Defining Decade, is everybody has things in life that they feel so uncertain, like, so clueless about. So, like, I have no no clue what the fuck I'm doing. And throughout life, you're constantly doing things for the first time and you don't know how to do them because you've never done it before right. and of course you don't it'd be weirder if you knew how to do right. it from not doing it like right. that's how it is baby girl slay True. before we get into our last question i do want to selfishly ask you so you i love your fashion sense like i love watching your videos and so i'm kind of curious like how you have learned to style your body like what are some tips and tricks that you found along the way that have helped you learn how to like dress for your body I think it's been taking note of what I feel good in mm. because the truth is we can wear whatever we want. You just have to feel confident in that. I don't – there's things that for me I'm like I can't wear that. I don't feel com comfortable wearing like a a jumpsuit. It's just not – it doesn't work for my tiny, petite, curvy body. It doesn't work for me, but there's people who can rock it. But it's what you feel comfortable in. So I've just started to take note in what makes me feel good. Yeah. So I love – Personally, I feel really good in like high-waisted jeans because I feel like it they accentuate my curves. Mm -hmm. I love strapless tops and like corsets, you know, just yeah. because I feel like they like show off my curves and my, you know, my larger chest. Um, <laughs> I've just really started to take note in the things that I feel good in and the things that make me feel self-conscious. Yeah. Um, so it's really just been trial and error. I think sometimes um, – you know, I'm trying to think of things, other things I don't love, but I think for the most part, I can tell you that my closet is mostly, and you can tell by everything I wear is like strapless off the shoulder, high-waisted jeans. Like I, I love wearing a pair of heels because I love, you know, it just makes me feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. Trial and error. And when you like have moments, like let's say like you're like trying things on and like something isn't like working the way that you would have hoped, like how do you like, you know, maybe like shift your mindset into not letting it like drag you down like I feel like that's something I struggle with when I try something on that like doesn't fit it just like drags me down you know what that's happened to me a lot with recently I oh, I'm forgetting what the vest you know the vest that everyone's wearing oh yes yes I have tried 75 million vests <laughs> they do not work for me I you know I tried some on yesterday so I'm like I just need to give up on these vests yeah they don't work for my body it doesn't work for my breasts it doesn't work it doesn't work for me and I think it's just real realizing it's okay if it doesn't work for me I'd yeah. rather feel confident in what I'm wearing than wear something that is trendy and so I'm putting it on because it's trendy and it doesn't really look great on me yeah um it sucks when something doesn't fit because of size but mm -hmm. you know, it doesn't suck I would say just move on to the next size yeah because sizing is so weird think about Zara like you go into Zara something is a small something is an XXXL and it's it, it is what it is oh yeah yeah. Zara is like the most interesting Zara thing Zara is the ever. worst fitting room experience ever <laughs> other like, than Aritzia. I saw I know I saw yes. your video that Aritzia does have rooms they with mirrors have, in oh, it. They have one room and I waited 10 minutes and then again 10 minutes the other day. One room with a mirror. 
that's so, I literally had no idea. And it was funny because I literally didn't even recognize that with Aritzi, you had to walk out of the room and look at yourself in the mirror until somebody like pointed it out on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even like think about it. And like, I was just mindless. It was crazy. crazy how, but the reason they do that is because they want you to look at the other items people are trying on, which is smart, great marketing, but you know, if you're like me, I want to see how something fits before I show it to someone else. Right. If, you know, I'm like, it might fit good, but it might look crazy. So I don't want to walk out. But Totally. Um, yeah. So Aritzia, if you're watching this, we got to do something about that. <laughs> <laughs> got to do something about that. Yeah. All right. So our final question for you, we ask everybody this. What is a recent time that you felt clueless? It can be as big as like, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life or if I want to have kids or as small as like, <laughs> How often are you meant to empty the thing in the vacuum? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. But I would say number one has been navigating New York. I'm literally on Google Maps every single day. Every time I go anywhere, I'm like Google Maps, Google Maps. Um, It's so funny because I'll be recording for my Instagram story. And it's like, I'm like, hi guys, like I'm walking out of core power. And then it's like, turn left on Broadway. Like you can hear it out loud. Um, I'm not joking. The other day I recorded, I was like, you can tell that I'm using Google Maps. I also think, um, what else is something that I've been clueless about? Honestly, that's been the the biggest thing. But also with those filters and, you know, I've, I've, I always have those issues. I'm trying to think what else. No, that's so funny. I like, what is yours? I want to hear. I mean, out of like, what are the recent clueless moments that are, oh my God. Um, I just got offered my like first full-time position. So probably like the logistics around that, like now I have a 401k and like figuring out like, I mean, I'm not changing health insurances yet, but like all those things and, um, and, and trying to figure out how I'm going to fucking afford, um, uh, an apartment in New York. Hmm. Mine is, uh, either Con Ed just up their rates and it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> Why? By like 10%. Um, and the other is, so I, I have eczema and I in the past, it's been really bad recently, but it's doing really good right now Ooh. because my mom has this special fancy cream that I've been using and she has psoriasis. It's approved for psoriasis and they're working on getting it approved for eczema. Unfortunately, it is $600 and so through insurance yeah, and perfect. with a coupon, <laughs> she was able to get it for lower, but it is the only thing that has helped so far with my eczema. But I can't pay $600 for like a normal tube of cream. No. Uh, Insanity. So why? Why does it need to be $600? I can't believe it costs that much to manufacture it. I think it's just like most things, they're overpriced so that insurance can give you a discount so you can feel it. It's a whole thing. Anyway, a whole thing. Yeah, I feel that. I I just paid for my um, last thing, appendicitis. I had appendicitis. And it was a whole thing. And I just paid for my bills. And I'm like, I'm like, I, I feel like it's fa- it's fake because I paid with Apple Pay. Like on the <laughs> on the, I it said like you can pay with Apple Pay. And I'm like clicking with my phone. I'm like, is this real life? Yeah. Like, why are you taking Apple Pay? This is fake. I'm like, this is not real. It's like that idea. Have you guys seen that on TikTok called like girl math? Uh-huh. Where like yes. it doesn't exist. Like if you exchange something, like that's free. You money. return, right. Literally, like the other day I was ordering stuff on Abercrombie and I have like a two hundred dollar yeah. gift card, but that's because I've like bought in things in the yeah. past and I just continue to like never get a full like re- fun from Abercrombie. I just like put it into gift card form because I'm like, I'll use it at some point. So I'm like, oh my God, like I have $200 to just like use it Abercrombie. <laughs> but it's so I'm like, You're like free money. I know, literally. That happened to me with Aritzia, which is why I went because yeah. they don't, 
Ritz, yeah. They don't return. <laughs> you can't return bodysuits. There's specific specific oh. things you can't return. Um, you can only get credit. So I returned a body, whatever. So I got store credit five months ago. Used it the other day, and I was like, gift card. I literally, I love a gift card. It's like free money. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming thank on, Jackie. This was, was amazing. So yeah, this was a blast. Thank oh, you guys. also, um, why don't you tell everybody where they can follow you on socials? Sure. Um, where do I look? I'll look at you guys. This one. Oh my gosh. Hi. <laughs> I, you can follow me at life of the shameless on Instagram and TikTok. Yay. And you guys know, hopefully know our handles. You can follow us on Instagram at completely fucking clueless and TikTok and uh, YouTube at completely FCK ING clueless. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing week. Have an amazing Tuesday. And do not forget to be motherfucking clueless. I brought food and shoes and I can't wait to eat it. What is shoes? It's a place in my town. Anyway, kisses for mommy. Is your mom on to every episode? This has been a 58 Ember production. For more shows, please visit the 58 Ember channel, 58ember.com, or find us at 58 Ember Media on socials.